If you have your Bibles, uh, I've got a lot of territory to cover today, but uh, I'll try to do it in the next uh, 25 minutes. Uh, Pastor Ryan has allotted me, and he also gives me about an 8 or 10 minute uh, grace period there. So are you all right today? You'll want to come next Sunday. We're starting a new series entitled Words, W-O-R-D-S, Words. And uh, Pastor Ryan needed a couple weeks off. He's been hitting it really hard, and he felt sorry for me, so he's allowing me to speak next Sunday also. So I deeply appreciate that. I'm going to share a message on the word aware, aware. It's, a, uh, it's something that's been stirring in my heart for a number of months. In fact, uh, I've already began the outline for a new book on the subject of aware. I just spoke in Houston at a gathering of ministers there. And uh, after, the, after the session, they, they were so impacted uh, that, that we become aware of what's going on around us and we get better at, at sensing people's needs. We get better at, at bringing people into relationship with Christ. We get better on our jobs. We just need to be aware. And I'll just give you, you know, like, for example, if you drove in here today and my brother Jerry is working the front door. How many know Jerry? You know him. He just gets right in your face. You get to know him, right? But now if you came in this morning and the front end of your car was mashed up really bad and the fenders were loose, he would hand you one of his cards and say, I can fix that. I, I can get you a car because he's aware of your dents. All right? Are you there? Now, that's sort of an obvious thing. But on the other hand, I think we're not aware the way we should be. We don't understand how powerful words are. So come next Sunday, bring a friend. And we're excited to be able to share this message with you today, though, entitled Memorial Stones. Uh, the concept of this message was birthed many years ago in Oregon when I was preaching there on a Memorial Day. And uh, so I had everybody get a stone. Now we're going to give you all a stone at the end of the message. We have boxes of stones. I, I held them back because I didn't want any throwing during the message. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I've entitled the message Memorial Stones. I've taken a quite a little bit different track with this message than uh, in the previous ones. But if you have your Bibles, open to the book of Joshua. Uh, Joshua and Caleb were the two guys who went out when God moved uh, his people out of Egypt toward the promised land. But because of their disobedience and not listening to the report of Joshua and Caleb, they were stalled for 40 years in the wilderness. And it was sort of a time of miracles, though. Uh, their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. I mean, it was sort of, God was doing interesting things. But the whole group of the disobedient people, including Moses... We're not allowed to go into the promised land. All that was allowed to go into the promised land were the babies that were born in the desert. Those desert babies that were born out in that environment. Now God is preparing them and Joshua is going to bring those desert babies into the promised land of Canaan. And it's interesting as you study what Canaan was all about. <clears throat> Here they are. They're right at the river, ready to cross over into a land that God had promised them. And I want to tell you this today, God makes promises to His people. I believe America is a country founded on Christian principles, and we know that that side of the ledger is under attack. Can someone say amen? But we are going to see the thing turned around if we begin to apply those very principles that Joshua taught. Then, at the close of the message, I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to, we're going to really get a hold of what it means to be a solid Christian, a person who understands what's going on. The historicity behind what 
Cana was involved in. It was divided up into many little provinces, and they were split many different ways politically. It was a mess. It, it, was, it was a disaster. And, you know, what we've seen happen in our country is a similar thing. Are you there? You know what I mean? I mean, we made national news here in Wisconsin when a group of our legislators decided to move out of state. Hello? Now, I'm not picking on them, but that definitely is a split, isn't it? Can someone understand what I'm talking about here? What does Wisconsin need? What does America need? We need to get back into what God has planned for us. And I believe God is raising up a new generation. I believe as, as I take this particular time in my life, you know, I'm in that fourth phase. Are you there? You know, that's the phase where they say, you look good for your age. But I'm in that phase now, and, and I see young leaders coming up. I, I, I deal with a lot of churches and a lot of ministers. We, we have a relatively young leader in, uh, in Ryan. Don't let the back of his head fool you. He's a young guy. And, <laughs> but we've got young leaders who, who are, are being raised up. And, and I'm, I'm able to have an effect on them, I think. All right? But sometimes you have to realize that that mantle is crossed. See, all the old stuff died in the wilderness or they couldn't go in. God says, now you bring those desert babies. I believe in the midst of what we're going on in our country, there are young people that are still looking for the truth. There are young people that really want to come together to see something great accomplished in our country. And I believe that God's going to raise up young leaders. And sometimes the leaders themselves need a word. And, and you can trust me because I'm going to flip through a lot of Scripture here. You can follow along if you can. In Joshua chapter 1, see, Moses couldn't go in to the promised land. He's a great man, but he didn't listen to God. He, he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. You know, we got to follow God's way of doing things. You see, the reality is, God, we are called alongside of God. God wants us to be alongside of Him. And so Moses died. And they have a funeral on him. And now God speaks to Joshua, the son of Nun. He and Caleb had gone in and said, hey, the land is full of giants, but we can overcome them. The old people didn't listen. They wanted to go back to, to slavery. At Genesis 15, it promises that, that they were going to have their own land. 400 years have passed. Now 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, it's unbelievable. Listen to this. And this is a word to you young people. And this is a word that those of us who are in later stages, we need to encourage them. Listen to this. After the death of Moses, my servant, the Lord came, and it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, it's interesting. Joshua knew Moses was dead. But what he was doing is saying, look at young fella. Now, he's not that young compared to the desert babies. But he said, look it, you are now the leader. And we need to raise up in America, raise up in our churches, raise up pulpits of men who are not frightened to share the word of God and say, this country was established by God's people. Do you know that America was a church relocation project from Europe? Right? And I don't think we need to relocate this thing somewhere else. 
I think we need a massive movement, and we've got to, we have to have God redirect us to what's going on. Chapter 2 is an interesting chapter. Now he's called, and they're, 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 they're getting ready to, to cross and go into this land. And, and they go in, and they send in the spies to just check it out again. And it came, to, uh, and, and you think about, uh, turned over one chapter too much, right? Chapter 2, you can study this. So now they're, they're going in to, to look at the land, and then you see Rahab, and, that, and she saved the, the spies because the people in the land didn't want God's army coming in. They were very nervous. Let me tell you, friends, today, that there still is a nervousness among those who don't honor God about what can really happen when people turn on to God. All you have to do is study history. Listen, I'm telling you what. We have in the church what the world needs. And we need to come and look at the land. We need to look at this city and the surrounding areas and our country and this state and wherever you might live and say, wow, what an opportunity we have as we immerse ourselves in the promises of God, as we look at the barrier between us and the promised land. And that barrier is significant. The very very foundation of what we believe in the church of Jesus Christ and what's in this Bible is under attack. And now it's time that we stand up like never before and we take this word and we realize that it's going to take committed young men and young women. <laughs> Crazy little things happen to you. <clears throat> in fact, it was early this morning, it was about 3 o'clock this morning that I was, I was dreaming, I was preaching this message and some things came into my mind in the dream that I had not prepared for, so I got up. And, and that was a, a moment of just solidifying what I believe God wanted me to, to say to you today. But sometimes you have to realize where you are in the plan. So we have this dog, a Tibetan Spaniel. And so I, I Googled the dog yesterday afternoon on my iPad. I now have an iPad. I love that thing. It's much easier to work than a computer. It helps us technically crippled old people to really find and move into that cyberspace. I mean, I can tweet and Twitter on it. I can Facebook on it. I can, I can do all kinds of things. I can check out sports scores. You can watch movies. I'm telling you what, that little thing has more stuff in it. So here's the deal. So I'm reading about my dog. It's three years old, has a lifespan of 15 years. They live long. And so the writer was saying, if you get one of these dogs and you're older, make sure you find someone that will take the dog when you're dead. <laughs> so I'm multiplying my years and thinking, boy, I hope I live as long as this dog lives because I don't know if anybody else would want her. But the reality is today, it is true that some of us have more sand in the bottom of the hourglass than the top, but we've got something to bring to the young leaders. we got something to say, let's stand on the Word of God. And that scarlet thread, that, that red scarlet thread goes through the whole Old Testament and into the New Testament. And now we move along to chapter 3, just quickly. And I'm going I'm to bounce on a few verses here for you, and, and, and then we'll move into the New Testament. First verse of chapter 3, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Achaia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officials went through the camp, and they commanded the people. Now, if you have a Bible, or if you're thinking today, the Bible is still full of commandments. 
If you want to be successful in your Christian walk, and if you want to have a life that will impact not only your family, but your, your neighborhood, your state, your region, listen carefully and follow the commandments of the Lord. They're not out of style. So now the people are commanded saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's presence of your God, and for the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set your place and go after it. You shall be a, there shall be a space between you and it about 200 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. I believe that we are going to be passing through some things in the church and in our lives like never before. We see it in the economy. We see it all over the place. But God wants us to pass through some things. He wants to get us through difficult places. Are you there? And I tell you, we cannot promise you that there will not be difficult things. He wants us to pass through, pass over, come together, and collectively see things happen. Are you with me this morning? we got to pass through. So they're lined up. Now, this is movie material here. What happens? As soon as the priest, with the Ark of the Covenant there, put his foot in the water, the water goes back. This was a high time of water. And the Bible says that it walled up. And they went through. be pretty exciting. That'd get your attention, wouldn't it? You see, I still believe we serve a God who wants to miraculously get us through the tough places. That He wants us to rise up like never before. To, to bring back the honor and glory. You see, as these Canaanites had messed things up, you know, there's a lot of ites. In fact, if I had time, there's a, there's a verse here that says, uh, Know that the living God is among you and that He, without fail, will drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Havats, the Havites, the Perazites, the Gazagerites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Now I want to tell you, all of us have, and they represent different tribes and, and people that were attacking. I want to tell you what. When the presence of God goes before you, when you follow His commands, guess what? The ites start to scatter. And you begin to see great victory. And you begin to see God do things like you never, ever imagined before. I believe that this church is strategically located at this time to be one of those driving forces in this region. We have people coming from the north, south, east, and west. I believe God is going to raise up and begin to shake like never before, and the enemy is going to run. But it's going to take young men and young women who will say, you know what, that's going to be me. I'm not going to compromise. How many of you watched American Idol the other night? Huh? You did? It was pretty good until we got Lady Gaga up on that mountain. All right? She sang a song about the edge. Actually, I almost had to take something to keep me from getting the gag reflex. Are you there? I mean, we live in a country that she's hot out there. Everybody's watching her. Starbucks is doing a, a, uh, a promotion revolving around her. Pastor, I told Pastor Ryan at staff, he emailed the headquarters of Starbucks. And they sent him a letter back, or, or email back. 
I emailed him too. You know, the point is, even the places that you're supposed to go and have a cup of coffee, they're taking you over the edge. You know, it's time we stand up. We've gotten so accustomed to this kind of debauchery, this kind of of blatantly showing off the boudoir parts. Some of you missed that. The boudoir is that bedroom I'm talking about. Come on now. It's time that we drive out those things, that we quit supporting that kind of garbage. Oh, I'm just getting a little wound up here today. You'll have to just forgive me. So we got to get the ites out. So now they pass through. And you see, when God does things for you, never forget. Never forget. Why do we have a cross? I'll talk a little bit about the cross as we close the message in a few moments. But the reality is, friends, that God is wanting us to get back to the basics. Now, here's what Joshua says after this is all done. He takes the 12 tribes. He has one of each of the members of the tribe pick up a rock, a stone. And he said, take these stones and pile them up. And when your children ask you, Mom, Dad, what is that pile of rocks over there for? You will tell them that they are memorial stones for what God has brought us through. And I want to tell you what, I've got a big pile of rocks that I can share with my kids and tell them God has always gotten us through in the good times, in the bad times, in the times when you wonder, God, where are you? What's going on? You see, you've got to have a history. That's why my son is preaching three times today in Salt Lake City, three different services, preaching the very gospel that he saw his mom and I live out. Are you with me? And because of what we stood for, and that there were times as a young person that both my son and daughter thought, man, dad and mom, they're so archaic and so out of it and not in touch with what's going on. But you know what? Now I sit and listen to him. He sounds archaic. He sounds not in touch with what's going on. Because there are a pile of memorial stones with victory after victory after victory written across those stones. See, Joshua took the children of Israel, those desert babies. He took those desert babies and brought them into a very hedonistic culture where, as the Scripture says, they called wrong, right, and right, wrong. Now, I'm telling you what, friends, you don't have to look very far today and listen very long today, and you see that happening. Now, the Bible says we need to be in the world, but not of the world. Someone needs to lead Lady Gaga to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think it's time that the church of Jesus Christ, I think it's time that Starbucks does a a, a whole series on the church of Jesus Christ. And they start playing some decent stuff in that room. Are you with me? And you see, that can happen. That kind of stuff can happen. Against all odds. 
And if there's going to be a revival, and so many people mess up the word revival because they think it's something that's going to draw a lot of people into the church. Now, ultimately it will, but what a revival is is to take something that's dead or close to death and bring it back to vitality. And I will tell you, even though there are mega churches, I'm scheduled to preach this aware message in Houston sometime in the next couple months. And I will preach the early service at the South Campus. I will get in a helicopter and they will fly me out to the north. And I will preach at the North Campus. Then they will helicopter me back to the South Campus to preach. And tens of thousands of people will come. But you know what? In that city of Houston, they have an openly gay mayor. In that Bible Belt city where Joel Osteen pastors, where uh, Ed Young Sr. pastors, where Steve Riggle pastors, and I could go on and on and name churches that, I mean, it's unbelievable the people that they didn't go to the polls. They didn't stand up for principles. Come on now. Are you with me? You see, the church has to be revived. We can't live in some sterile little cocoon. We do send our kids. I sent our kids out into difficult places. But along with them were their parents' memorial stones, their rather archaic way of looking at things. But it helped them, it protected them, it saved them. Are you with me? You see, we need the church revived. We need to wake up. We need to, we need to begin to see when, when you have a victory. Yes, we need to be generous people. Yes, we need to know how to work with our finances. Yes, we need all of these things. Yes, we need to be looking carefully at what we say and what we watch and what comes through the computers. Some of you are dumber than a pile of rocks. You let your kids play with the computer. It gets full of garbage and stuff comes up. Are you there? We need to begin to say, we are going to be a righteous people. You know what? I'm telling you something. That doesn't mean you have to be a dud. That doesn't mean you can't relate. I love sinners. In fact, many times I get along with sinners better than backbiting, wicked old Christians. Hello. But I don't have to do what they do. They're looking for people. What's different about you? I spent a half an hour on the phone last night with the former mayor of Fresno, California. The former Packer quarterback, Carlos Brown, back in the early 70s. He's, we're bringing him up here in October. He's got a great story. How as a little boy, his mother ran away from his abusive father in, in, in Louisiana and changed their names and moved to Fresno. And then uh, he became a great athlete and, and life was good. But he always wondered, what about my daddy? He'll tell the whole story. In fact, they're working on a movie over him. You might remember, if those of you used to watch Heat of the Night, he was Bubba on Heat of the Night. Remember Bubba? Yeah. But see, what happened is God got a hold of him. Wendell Tyler, when he was traded to the Los Angeles Rams, got him into cocaine for eight years. He was in a drug stupor, stealing mother for, money from his mother. He stood in a ditch bank in Fresno, California, and said, God, if you're real, come into my life. And God came into his life and changed him. He's a dynamic man of God today. You see, but it was the people that he saw that were living the life that brought him there. It wasn't saying, well, that's okay to do what you're doing. Everybody's doing it. Church, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. 
My daughter is milking every moment of her pregnancy. I don't think there's ever been a woman pregnant in America that from the day of conception has milked every little bit of that process. When we were out in Utah here, I get a call. I was preaching in San Diego, and I get a call from Jan. They're in a mall. And she said, Brooke wants one of these fascinating uh, ultrasounds where they do everything. 120 bucks. And she had me on the phone. I said, well, that's a lot of money. But Arnie, well, of course, I rolled over. I mean, she's posted that thing. She, she has a picture, uh, you know, from the inside. And they're talking about the top lip looking like her top lip. I'm telling you, they're milking this baby. But you know what? There are many people in this room. And one thing, we get every week, we get an update on the computer from some program. It's now the size of a walnut. Now it's a peach. Now it's a, a, a squash. And I mean, all this stuff. I know more about what's going on during that gestation period than I've ever known in my life. Now I'm going somewhere with this. There are people sitting in this room who have gone into the voting booth and have voted for men and women that are in favor of killing those babies in the womb. And all I can say is shame on you. I don't care if it costs you a third of your paycheck. I'd rather lose a third of my dough and stand before God with clean hands and a clean heart. We need a revival. Now, holy cow, I've got about seven minutes of my grace time left. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul is writing to the church he established at Corinth. Now here's, while, we, while I share this, our ushers are going to pass to you a rock. Those of you that get the, the, the pail first, I hope you have been to the gym. A little heavy. Also, in that pail, you will find a Sharpie. Just take one Sharpie per family, okay? And by the way, we want them back after. We want to be good stewards. We want to use them for our kids. But uh, just help them if they need help. Grab a stone, and, I'm, and I'm, we're going to do a little exercise at the end. Now, don't be so worried about the stones. Just zero in on the stones when it comes by you, okay? Are you ready? While they're doing that, because I've already jumped out of the book of Joshua, let me tell you what hangs in our house. We also got them for our kids. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve. Say it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, it doesn't say as for me and my house. We might serve the Lord. We, we, we might follow some of the command. Are you with me today? Oh, wow. Man. I feel like I could, you know, just beat up on the devil right now. I know I couldn't because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So you're getting stoned, right? They say, I went to church today and I got stoned. I got full of Jesus. I got high on Jesus and they gave me a stone on top of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren... I do not want you to be unaware. 
One of the translations says, Brethren, I don't want to be, you to be ignorant. One of the new modern ones says, Brethren, I don't want you to be dumb. That all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the, in the, in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. You know what? God fed them all the time out there. Guess what they did? They started complaining about the food God gave them. You see, they're a lot like us. Hello? For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. So when I said a few moments ago that the church is not doing what it should do, see, here's the deal. If you want to do what God wants you to do, do what you know what you should do, right? Wasn't the old Roger Miller said, do what you do, do well, boy. And a scripture tells us what to do. If you're not being generous, if you're not sharing your faith, if you're not aware of what's going on around you, well, you're going to get a little bit of what I'm going to give you next week. You see, but God, would you honestly say today with the situation that has evolved morally, the situation that has evolved politically, and I'm not talking about either side of the aisle. There's corruption on both sides of that aisle, my friend. Are you there? Somebody say amen. Amen. Before you get a stone and throw it at me. (laughs) With most of them, he wasn't well pleased. I honestly have to say today that the voice, the clarion, clear, crisp, concise voice of the Holy Spirit is rather dulled in the church today. We fight over the stupidest things. Pastor didn't shake my hand. He talks too much about money. Oh, Pastor. Come on now. We worship men instead of God. God's saying, bring us together. But with most of them, he wasn't well pleased. Now, these things are our examples. You see, what we taught you from Joshua and what we're sharing with you and what Paul is saying is that our forefathers, and he was talking about Moses and Joshua and Caleb and all of those people that had to die. See, some of you will die in the wilderness unless you get your feet in the water and follow the Spirit of God to the promised land. I've been to the promised land. I'm telling you, it's a great place to be with God's people and the power of God moving. And do not become idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat bread and drink and rose up to play. Now let us commit sexual immorality. Do you know there are churches that get mad when someone mentions abortion or mentions alternative lifestyles? There mentions you're living together, but you haven't had it blessed by God. You're just trying out things. They get mad. They get upset. I'm talking about the book. Some of you are awful quiet today. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Man, that's enough to keep me straight. Snakes scare the heck out of me. That's my mother's fault. She has that same thing going on in her life. Nor complain. Oh, 
nor complain. As some of them also complained and were destroyed by the devourer. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. The Apostle Paul said one time, I fear. Now this is a guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He said, I fear lest I preach to others that I might become a castaway. Man, if the Apostle Paul was worried about hitting the ditch, I'm going to hold strong onto that wheel, man. I'm telling you what. Are you there? So all of these examples. So this the example of the Old Testament. Now, how many of you got rocks? Oh, come on, hold that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. See, you need to begin. Now, maybe you'll be crazy enough to go get yourself 12 big boulders or 12 decent-sized rocks. Write some promises on them. Put them somewhere prominent in your landscape. And your kids say, what are you doing, Dad? What are you doing? And every one of those is a promise. I left a promising career. I came back to Green Bay. God has gotten us through. I was touched. I was healed. I was set free. I was saved. Are you there? I was healed. And maybe you write a promise on there. Back in the early 70s, there was a quartet group called the Couriers. Neil Enloe. I mean, you know, I get ghost bumps. I still watch some of that stuff. Are you with me? He wrote a great song. He said, the cross, see the cross over there, is our statue of liberty. In New York Harbor stands a lady with her hand raised to the sky. But we need to raise up the cross of Jesus Christ. We need to sing that song, Onward, Christian Soldiers, Marching as to War. I'm telling you what, we are in a war. We are in a battle. But guess what? I don't care how many of you bail. I don't want any of you to bail. But I want to tell you what, I've read the last few chapters of the book. And I'm a winner. Hallelujah. Now what I want you to do as we close this service, I want you to take that sharpie. Now on mine, I just drew a cross. I just put a cross. And I put never forget. I could write January 3rd, 1967. A day in my life that is written, not in infamy, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Saved there in that restaurant outside of O'Hara Field. And I can pile that stone and I can point back. I was lost. And now I'm found. Are you with me? I want you to write something. I want you to put something that you're believing for. Something you're thankful for. And maybe some of you will have the nerve to build a little pile. Wouldn't it be great when people walk into your home and they say, what's that pile of rocks? They were aware because it didn't, didn't fit. We'll talk about that next week. And then you'll, it'll open up a testimony for you. And start piling them up for your family, friends. Because I'm telling you what, it's not what's in your bank account. It's not who knows your name when they Google you. What it is, is when I stand before God, God says, Arnie, you did a good job. And Chad Jacobson, 
Chad Anthony Jacobson is serving you. Brooke Joy Pierce is serving you. I don't need many more stones. But then it comes to this time. Take just a brief moment and bow your heads with me. Goodness. Dave, you should have started playing earlier. You interrupt me earlier usually. Just, just get with it. He's a great guy and a great piano player. We love him. Hallelujah. Give him a hand. Now, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, here's what makes you a Christian. A Christian says, Lord, I'm a sinner. A Christian invites him into his life. A Christian reads the Bible and looks at the commands. A Christian votes like a Christian. A Christian lives like a Christian. A Christian gives like a Christian. A Christian shares like a Christian. Has nothing to do with Grace International or the Assemblies of God or the Methodist, the Baptist, or the Presbyterian. What it has to do with is knowing Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to put your hand up right now. Is there somebody? That means we're all, yes, God bless you. Is there somebody else? We'll pray this prayer. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. Come into my life. Forgive my sin and set me free. Amen. God bless you, young lady. Do stop by our table. Sign up. They'll get you in a class. They'll get you to know what's going on. But let me just tell you something else, friends. If we really get revived, there won't be many Sundays that we come without a bus full. I already, Bruce Levenhagen's here. He's got a doggone bus. He's already a couple leg up on you to win that, win that, uh, that, that grill. Fill that bus next week, Bruce, with some new people. Make those other people drive. Are you there? Stand up with me. Now, here's what I'm telling you. Bring people to Jesus. Pile up some stones. If any of you have got your kids that live under your roof with their heads on Pastor Pillow right now, you pull them out of bed and you get them here next week. Are you with me? Man, this has been... See, this is why I have Ryan preach all the time. I come in, beat you up. I get to fly all over the place and then I come back. <laughs> I want you to take that stone and maybe put it on your dresser or somewhere. Maybe go out and get a few more. Maybe go buy four or five or get four or five big ones. And significant things that have happened in your Christian life, pile them up. Memory stones. Joshua never wanted him to forget that they went through on dry land. Never wanted them to forget because they were going to be facing battle after battle after battle after battle. And they won. But they backslid. But the Apostle Paul says, look at them as examples. Don't make the same mistakes.